The following podcast is brought to you by West Red Lake Gold Mines. Enjoy. This is the Commodity Culture Podcast, where we interview prominent investors, fund managers, analysts, and company CEOs to give you an edge when it comes to investing in the commodity space. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Commodity Culture, where we break down the commodity space for both new and experienced investors. My name is Jesse Day. Before we get started, standard disclaimer, nothing here is investment advice. Do your own due diligence. And today's guest is the CEO of West Red Lake Gold Mines, a company focused on advancing and developing its flagship Madsen Gold Mine in the Red Lake District of Ontario. Shane Williams, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jesse. Great to be on. Great to have you on. And I want to get started with a more broad economic question. And that is between the draining of the Strategic Petroleum Reserves, OPEC cuts, oil is surging again, and gasoline prices, along with food costs, rental costs, mortgages, are putting a lot of pressure on Americans, Canadians, and a lot of people around the world. So I wanted to know if you think inflation is still going to be a persistent issue moving forward in the West. Yes, I do, Jesse. I, uh, and, you know, we've had a lot of inflation over the last 12 months. You know, there's a view out there that, you know, the, the interest rates by the Federal Reserve raising of the rates will, will tame inflation. However, I have a different view. I believe that inflation will continue and will increase over the next number of months and potentially longer. If you go back to the times of the 70s, inflation went very, very high and it went it went up and dipped a little bit, but then went up higher. So yes, I believe it's there. We're getting energy surging now, as you can see, a lot of things. People are beginning to hold back. So I think we are have an extended period of increased inflation in the world. And I want to get your thoughts on the Chinese economy here as well, because we're seeing a lot of bearish headlines when it comes to China, about the collapse of their real estate bubble, um, and about the general economic situation there at present. Would you say it's worse than what is being faced in the US? Or do you think this is more part of an overall global trend towards recession? So I would say that it's a, it's an overall global trend towards recession. We've had a period of massive money printing. We've had a period of big interest rates and that takes a lag to affect the economy. You know, it raised very, very quick. It's probably in history. It's the highest raises in the speed that's done. And that is going to have a lag effect. More particularly to China, China's had a big bubble in, in, in infrastructure, building, housing, and that has have been way overhyped in the last number of years being supported. And I believe that at some stage that is going to come to an end. Obviously, the interest rates are affecting them now. And we have had an issue with a couple of big developers who've gone into, have had really close, some have gone into liquidation, some are close to that. And I, I expect that to tether the economy over in China. And potentially because China's so big an economy, that will move through the world and we will all get affected over that. So yes, I do believe a recession is coming down the road. Some very good points there. So let's shift to gold and its role in this scenario. I've talked to quite a few guests who believe that a recession is the time when you want to be holding gold. Do you agree with that? And what are some of the other tailwinds you currently see working in gold's favor? Yeah, so gold obviously has a 
proven history over time immemorial of holding wealth and uh, over particularly in times of inflation. Gold has been a particularly good hedge if you look at charts against inflation over the years. I also see a general trend towards de-dollarization. As as you're well aware, the BRICS, there's a lot of new countries want to join the BRICS. They're beginning to, there's thoughts around the different groups with Saudi Arabia trading in their own currencies. So this is a general trend towards de-dollarization that's ongoing. And over time, I believe with the recession effects, this de-dollarization ongoing, obviously gold is priced in dollars, you will see a movement towards gold and towards the store of wealth. And that's a good headwind for gold in particular. Yeah, absolutely. I want to have you expand on that just a bit when it comes to the BRICS nations and the trend towards de-dollarization. We saw they had a summit recently. A lot of people were expecting them to announce a gold-backed currency officially. That did not happen. Do you think they're still going to move in that direction? Do you think it's possible we could see a gold-backed currency um, coming from that group? And do you think that's a viable alternative that could be a viable alternative to the US dollar? Yes, I do see that as a viable alternative. You know, over time immemorial in history, there's been rise and fall of empires. Ray Dalio wrote a very good book on it. And over time, there's the, the West, the East is growing stronger and the West is facing their own troubles with recession, inflation. And I believe that more and more countries want to join together. And also you had in the Ukraine-Russian war, you had Russia and America having the sanctions against it. They were moved out of the, the dollar system effectively. So that triggered a lot of responses from these company countries. So they're moving in this path. I would say, look, it will take time. It will take a long time. It's a currency to build a new common currency. But because there's so many different currencies and the medium of exchange will be different, I do suspect that gold will back those currencies because gold has a standard against every one of the currencies and it's a good medium of exchange between these currencies. So I do see that general trend with the BRICS, the East East countries, lots of groups coming together and the de-dollarization. So I, I do see a lot of headwinds for gold. It will take a bit of time, but over time, I do believe we'll see that de-dollarization. Right. And so are you an advocate also for holding physical gold in addition to gold mining equities? Do you think it's important that people have some in their hands because of all these trends you just spoke of? Yes, I do believe people should have both the, the physical gold and then into the equities. And the reason I say that is if you look historically across the world, gold was at a 5% allocation to most large portfolios in the world. And now it's gone down closer to 1%. So, you know, the movement of back into that level, if we get to that level, there'll be huge amount of funds flowing back into gold over that time. And having that physical gold is a, is a store of wealth for these people. So that's, I do feel we will say that. And for the general public, getting into gold and holding gold will protect them against um, the, the, the crises that I believe are coming down the road. In a lot of denominations and currencies, gold is already priced at all-time highs. Um, In Japan, compared to the Japanese yen, it's recently reached all-time highs. There's a lot of other examples there as well. And it's just around 10% below its all-time high in US dollar terms. So how much more upside do you think gold could have from here? So, and that's a key point there, uh, Jesse. It's in every other currency, it's at an all-time high. 
across the world. You can, there's places like Turkey, there's places like Venezuela where currencies have got out of control and gold is rocketing in the local currency and people are moving to gold to protect themselves. Inflation of 30% in some countries, 35%. I believe that we're on that way over time in the Western world effectively. And so I believe that once that starts to trend and you see this movement towards gold, gold will become a very valuable commodity and price will get very high, I believe. I believe it'll go well over 2000 It'll get in the US dollar terms, it will get maybe to $3,000, I would say, an ounce over time. So let's pivot to West Red Lake Gold Mines. You're the CEO, brand new gold company, ticker symbol WRLGF, and you just purchased $100,000 worth of stock. So what makes you and the other people you're involved with so bullish on the future of the company? Yeah, so like I said before, holding physical gold, but but one of the best ways to play to get leverage to that is in the the companies, the the gold miners, and particularly in the developers, the developers of the projects. And so that's one of the strategies we've been playing. And as that gold price increases, as we move up along, the price of the commodity increases, the value, the cash flows of them of those companies. So we went in with a strategy of buying. Our strategy is to buy undervalued assets today in gold business and, and, and turn them around and fix them up. And then as we move forward and get them into production with that gold price going, you'll have a lot of leverage and upside to the price of gold. And that's another way to play leverage to gold versus having physical gold. And I believe we need both. And can you provide some color on your experience in building profitable gold mines and what your plan is to make West Red Lake Gold Mines a success? Yeah, my background is I've over 25 years of experience building gold mines and other mines around the world. I've worked in Africa. I've worked in Turkey, Greece, northern Sweden, uh, Canada, all over Canada. And so it, I'm, I'm pretty unique in that I have project building experience and the ability to take these assets and put them into production. Not a lot. As you're probably aware, there's a great tsunami in the world. A lot of old in the in the industry, a lot of old people in the industry, baby, baby boomers, and they will retire over time. So we need the young people, the new group to come on. And I'm part of that. To, and my experience will help build the next gold mining company around West Red Lake. And let's talk about some of the other key people and institutions involved. I know Frank Justra is an advisor. That's obviously very exciting for the company. So maybe you could talk about his involvement and anyone else and any institutions as well um, that you'd like to touch on that you think are important. Yeah, look, Frank, maybe your your viewers probably know Frank if they're in the gold space. Frank has a very good track record of building large, large gold mining companies. And the model is pretty the same. He has built, he takes on projects, early stage, good cash flow, starts them small. And over a period of time, he builds the value through m and strategies, through opportunities, optimization. Over time, he builds big, big companies. And he's done that four or five times. The last, the last big run he had was gold. He built, built Wheaton River and that became Gold Corp. And that became a $10 billion company. So, you know, the model is the same. We're trying the same model with West Red Lake. We're going to build it out, get it, get it moving in production and then use that to leverage the gold. And some of the upside with those developers, if you move from those levels all the way up to that 10 billion, it's huge. It's, you know, it's 
a great run. If gold is moving at the same time, which we believe it will, there's a lot of leverage to the gold price in the de- in the development space. That's our strategy. We also have Sprott Resource Lending. Obviously, people know Eric Sprott and the Sprott Group. So they're in it for a, a, a 24% shareholder. We also have uh, Van Eck is in there at a 7% shareholding. And these are big, big institutions, big people who are serious about long-term investment in the company and the growth situation. So that this is a rock-solid base to build a company. On our board of directors as well, we have a couple of key guys, Tony McCooch, who your, some of your viewers will know. Again, similar model. He took a company, um, Lakeshore Gold, built that up. Then he took another company with Kirkland Lake, and that became one of the biggest companies in Canada over a period of time. Um, Duncan Middlemass also built Weston Mining. So these are guys who've built big, big companies. So this is our structure we wanted to set up to build a company. And I'd like to talk about the mine and mill that you have. I was watching your recent promotional video, excellent piece of content, by the way. And um, one of the things that struck me was Frank Justra saying that the mill had that new car smell, that that it was so brand new and, and such a valuable asset. So maybe you could talk about that and what you've estimated it could cost, uh, would cost a competitor to build a similar mine and mill today. Yeah, it's really, it's really fantastic. As you said, there's a video up there. Viewers can go onto our website, look at the pictures, look at the, the, the video has just been posted. It really gives you an understanding of how new the mine was. You know, we, we've bought this. We bought it very, very cheaply. We bought it for six and a half million dollars of value. There has been 300 million, 350 million dollars put into this project between mill, underground development, water treatment, tailings facility. So there's, it is a mine ready to go. And so it is that new car smell, effectively. It's brand new and it's ready to go. And today, if you had to build a mine like that today, there's a lot of projects in Canada, as you're probably aware. You have issues with permitting. You have issues with cost overrun, inflation issues. And so we want we want to avoid that. And that's why we bought undervalued assets. Our focus is undervalued assets, turn them around, get them into production quickly, I mean, it takes 10 years now to get a mine into production. So we're, we're ready to go effectively. We have some work to do, ready to go. I would say today, somewhere between six and seven hundred million dollars if you had to build that asset out today. So that's a lot of capital that your viewers, investors would be getting upside to as we grow. And realistically, how long until production is restarted in your estimate? When will this mine start producing? And maybe you could also talk about what comparable companies with equivalent production of 125K ounces annually trade for compared with your market cap today. Yeah. So so obviously, we've just done the deal six, uh, in June. So we did the acquisition in June. We're just getting ourselves into the asset, understanding it planning the plan. But I would say we need to do a lot of drilling. We need to do some underground development, probably in the period of 15 to 18 months of development, underground drilling before we're ready. So early 25 sort of target would be our plan to get back into production. And and again, if you look at where we think gold will go over 24 into 25, that's a lot of leverage. You're cash flowing in production and you have a high gold price. So that's a very opportunistic purchase in our mind. And is there any comparisons you could make to other companies um, in a in a similar position? What their ma- market caps are compared to yours today to maybe um, explain some of the value there? 
Yeah, well, one of our board members is Duncan Middlemass, and he ran a company called Weststone Mining, which is very popular in Canada. A lot of people know that. That produces around 100 to 120,000 ounces a year, which is something similar to what Madsen would do over time. And so that market capitalization is $1 billion Canadian today. So that will give you the, the sort of value we're trading in the market cap of around 100, 100 million. So that's a 10x basically over a two year period, roughly. By the time we get into production, get up and running, that's a, that's a, that's a great upside leverage in the gold market. You know, everyone talks about the other Bitcoin and all those things, but you're getting the same leverage and you're getting the same upside within gold by going down into the developers and, and getting in early, getting in early. Yeah, it seems like you guys are in that sweet spot between development and production. You've got some amazing, an, an amazing asset there. Um, what about expanding and any exploration upside potential also in the company? Yeah, one of the, we also have, as well as the Madsen property, which we recently purchased, we also have another property across on the other side of um, the Red Lake. And that has a, um, resources in place that has inferred resources of 800,000 ounces already ready in, as an exploration. And that, that is a very high grade. That's nine grams ore body. And so that acts as a satellite to our main Madsen mill and creates the ability to create a hub and spoke sort of model that maybe your viewers are used to. We can have a couple of feed, feed sources into our mill that we have there. So that gives us a lot of room to grow and leverage to even go higher than the 100, 120,000 ounces production we're targeting initially. And let's talk some potential investment risks when it comes to Red Lake Gold mines. In your view, um, what are the potential risks? How would you rate them? What should be investors be what should investors be aware of on that side of things? Well, first off for investors, I would there's a obviously westredlakegold.com. That's our website. All the information is available there, all the technical reports. As you said, we've put up a video. People can see it, understand it. They can look at the teams we have and everything. So that's first to do that. From a, from a risk perspective, you know, there's very little risks. It's more around the geological risks. So over the next 12 to 14 months, we're going to do a lot of drilling to de-risk this asset. You know, we have a permit in place, we have tailings in place, we have water treatment. So it's mainly around the geological risk. And as we go forward now and, and de-risk this asset by doing the drilling, doing the effective underground development, I think we'll be able to de-risk that as we go. And, and, and viewers can follow us. We'll have a lot of videos, press releases, they'll see them sort of things. So that's the main risk from, from my perspective uh, on this asset. Great. Well, it's been awesome speaking with you, Shane. I'm going to put a link to the website and social media for the company in the description below for people who want to check that out. The video is great. So I, I think people should definitely take a look. But before I do let you go, do you have any final words, anything else you think is important for investors to know about the company? Yeah, I, I would look just to give you the overview. I would like your invest, investors to understand that this is the Matson Asset is, is our first stage. Our plan is to build a large gold mining company in Canada. As I said, the backers we have, the people we have, have all done it before, created a lot of value over time to build large gold mining companies. And this is the stage one of our journey to that level. And so it allows investors to get in early, be part of the journey and get the growth story. So that's, I think, a lot of upside for, for your, for potential investors to West Red Lake. 
Well, thank you once again for joining us today, Shane, and sharing your knowledge on both gold and West Red Lake gold mines with the audience, and uh, looking forward to keeping updated on the company. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jesse. Thank you. Commodity Culture is a podcast that covers investing in commodities and natural resources. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe so you are always alerted of the latest episodes.